episode 65. City Fire. I'm just taking my jumper off. Oh, you're wearing a jumper? You, you yeah. mad bastard. I put it on to go between rooms because I thought it would be cold in the wastes. <laughs> In the uh, inordinate length of your of your halls, mm. echoing corridors of the ever stately si- manse. Ever since I moved into this giant, creepy non non Euclidean house, I've been getting very chilly. Forty eight people have died in every room. <laughs> exactly forty eight. Every room, even the bathroom. <laughs> there was a checklist. Very specific. Weird? It's a brand new house. What's the weird? <laughs> Just came on the market. What's the um, what's the weirdest room to die in in a house? Like the or perhaps funniest or most absurd room in which to die. So it only really gets funnier or absurd when you get past the standard. I'm thinking utility room. Yeah, like utility room's the only one in a, in a vaguely normal house. Mm, there's no way that you don't. Yeah, like I, I, I was killed in the mezzanine library. Mm, that's, like, that's fun. Yeah, I was killed in the walk-in pantry. Yeah, it's the same that's, size as a, as is the same size as a cupboard. Yeah, that's, that's kind of. I guess it'd be. Uh, th- th- there's something rather um, un unceremonious about being killed next to the washing machine. <laughs> yeah, I was killed in the pantry. I died of starvation. Hmm. I was killed in the... Well, it's not really being killed, is it? Well, yeah, if somebody locks you in there. Mm, it's more like you died in the pantry. Through a murder. Well, yeah, but like... If but, I but, hold your head underwater, it's not your fault you're, you're drowning. No, you're you're actively holding my head underwater, but like... I and I'm actively say, keeping you in the pantry. I'm just saying, it, it seems like you're letting, you're letting Jesus do his work. Oh, well, I'll remember that. I'll get me off a couple of court cases. No, I don't think it holds up. I don't think it stands up in a court of law. Oh, so it's not a legal definition. <laughs> no, I'm not a law man. Not a lawist. Let's start the show. Let's do it. Hello. Fancy seeing you here in episode 65 of Hearty Dice Friends. Wouldn't you believe it? My name's Grant Howitt, and over here, this chap, who's he? It's Chris Taylor. That Hello. was a terrible intro. I'm going to take the intro again. Okay, how about this for an intro? Mm-hmm. Hello, this is Hardy Dice Friends. I'm hiding from Grant. Has anyone seen Chris? Say no. I'm looking to find. If, if if you see Chris, can you tell me? Can you shout? He's behind you. This isn't some pantomime, you bastard. Anyway, I I'm. It looks like I'm going to have to host Hardy Dice episode sixty-five. Hardy Dice, Hardy Dice Friends episode sixty-five. All on my lonesome, because there's no Chris to be seen. Yep. That lazy bastard. Yep. I can couldn't just even mute my mic and listen to you talk for an hour. Couldn't couldn't even shut I'm sure no one would tell the difference, Chris. Fucking wow. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is I talk a lot. Great A asshole. <laughs> You're a real piece of work, Grant. Fine, I'll come out of the goddamn bush. <laughs> Was it one of those cut-out bushes? Yes. Like, like, I didn't like even have that. I'll be honest with you. This is an audio medium, so. Oh uh, well, yes. Um, I was I was discussing in the fiction. Ah. Oh. I was also hiding that way. Okay. Hello and welcome to episode sixty-five of Party Dice Friends. My name is Grant Howitt. 
the man hiding behind me was Chris Taylor. Thank you for not telling me. And we are hot. (laughs) So hot. Oh, we're so hot. Call the police. Oh, Wait, call the fire brigade, because we're hot. Call our 1-800 number. Are you interested in some hot chat with greasy big nerds? (laughs) We will design games all over you. These glasses-wearing spuds will talk all about dice. For for up to an hour. (laughs) Call the free. Please, please call them. Please call us. (laughs) They're very sad and lonely. (laughs) Please, please call us. No one's one's called us in years. Um, We're very hot. It's very warm in England. And I'm sure, like, anyone listening to this from a country which has actual weather will be like, Pah! Why? Yeah. My balls caught fire when I walked outside yesterday. Well, shut up. It's warm here. We're it's warm. warm for us now. It's warm for us now. I'm in a airless room in my office. I've closed the windows. It's just getting warmer and warmer, and I think this is how I might die. But we are... Well, we're not to Origins, but our books are at Origins. Which is really cool. Indie Press Revolution has a big stack of our books. Which is exciting. They've got Spire there. Which is nice. Yeah, we're in America. We're in America. America. Which is nice. And uh, I think that's actually it as far as news goes. Yeah, like we've we've been writing a bunch. Yeah, we've been writing. We've been writing a great deal. Um, like 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 prepping for our next stuff that's coming up. We've uh, we've been working on High Society, Mm. uh, which is the new Spire source book. So we've we've been putting together a the adventure for that, which is about a, a, a queen returning from an exiled kingdom trying to take over the city of Spire. And you can sort of join her, or stop her, or do whatever you want. As is the way with our adventures. Open-ended. Ooh, far-ranging. Chris, if this intro got any weaker, I'd fucking shoot it. Can you ask Ma- me a question, mature please? Mature themes. Um, <laughs> sure. This, this, this intro, it's, 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 it's bubbling softly, lying, okay. at it, lying at its deathbed. All right, I'll stamp on its throat and go straight to the questions. Just, just, put, just push your forearm down on its throat <laughs> until it stops kicking. <laughs> Bill Cohen asks... Gents, having crossed your, pa- crossed your palm with marsupial, I am now compelled to ask a serious TM question. What RPG do you feel needs a Batman Begins style reboot? I.e. keep the core theme but make significant changes or updates to reflect the modern RPG audience. Now, when Billy says cross our palm with marsupial, mm. that, that isn't some strange Australian phrase for money. No, he actually did this. Yeah, he bought us little koalas. After we said, please send us koalas in exchange for writing your class plan. So he sent a koala to me and Chris. Don't know, you got Chris's address. Nope, don't know that either. <laughs> nope. Uh, but he, uh, he, he sent it to, um, to, our, to, to our, our, our rapper names, well, our, our game designer names. You, you were Uncle Huge? I forget which I was one big I was. Checkbox. Yeah, Checkbox, that was it. Yeah, it was, it was very strange because the postman apparently asked my father... Is this correct? <laughs> is this big, are you a big uncle? And handed and handed him the parcel, <laughs> and it says, "Chris Big Uncle Taylor, Hearty Dice Friends Regional Office" in big letters. Thank you, Billy. My father was very confused. We got we so so technically we got our first fan mail. Yes, got our first gifts, which is nice. So I'm 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 holding my 
my koala now. Mine is right. staring at me proudly from my from my desk. And so, listen, if if you want your questions answered, guaranteed, just send us some sort of massive and we will answer. <laughs> what is anything? Cash. Yeah, cash is good. I mean, that's we, we what do the ha- Patreon's we, for. Yeah, we do have that system set up in place for that. Um, I think it's Shadowrun. I kind I think, of, I kind of think I agree. I think that could I, work. I think Shadowrun has gotten so bloated and over-designed. It already was big to begin with. It was already big, and they keep designing it, and they keep having to sort of layer stuff on top. And didn't and they, they ha- re- reduce it as well at one point? There's like a quick Shadowrun. Uh, oh, there's a Shadowrun and Anarchy. That's the one. I believe. Which, oh, Chris, it's so close to being a fun game. <laughs> it's so close. And like, it's, it's so close to being a neat story game, and then they end up just Shadowrunning the fuck out of it. That is that is a big hurdle. I think the interesting thing with this is when we like, if you think of two games that have done this, both of the industry um, big hitters, in which by which I mean Dungeons and Dragons and Vampire the Masquerade, yep. have done this. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons does fourth edition, which was um, generally considered to be the worst possible thing they could have done. I I I liked fourth edition, yep. but there were some problems. And Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, recently relaunched uh, with Ken Hyde, I think, at the helm. And uh, that didn't go down super well either. Yeah. Hmm. So, I don't know. I I mean, it's difficult because people people like what they know and they fear change. Yeah, like nostalgia is a real strong force in the RPG community. As I discovered whilst trying to change a single fucking thing whilst, whilst writing Paranoia. Yeah. They were not... No one was having that. No. Nobody wants not, it. Not a oh, bit. it's the same as I remember in the 80s. <laughs> You've already got the books. Sell it to me again. Sell it to me again. Here's £400. Give all me I a shiny is, coffee. All I want is glitzier art. Draw my draw my face in the book. Yes, that's right. The one with a round beard, identical to every other fucking Kickstarter backer. <laughs> it's got but, no, that's me in the book, Is that is. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Probably. You know. Maybe. You know, the, the sort of potato-shaped white guy. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's the one. Anyway. So I think Shadowrun is in dire need of a redesign because it's gotten very weighty and it's starting to crumble and collapse under its own weight. I think also... I I kind of want Exalted, but I want them to make it half as long or twice as long. Yeah, because that was a big book. That was too Exalted. big. That was, that, was, that was comedy large. Yeah, like, exalted third edition. I think it was like no shit, four inches high. It was uh, an astonishing. I can't imagine large like, book. referencing something in that no. book. And like, how do you need that much? That's only for solas as well. I presume for like the um, you sort of basic martial artist. I suppose characters. a lot of setting. <sighs> yeah, I suppose. Like it's got to have know. a lot of setting in there. I just, I just, I would like to see books get shorter, not longer, when they're redesigned. Cause, uh, yeah, because generally you cut the crap. Yeah, generally. On and like, like, what do we need to run a game? How can I, how can we be inspired to run a game? What game would you like to see redesigned and broken down? And why is it Call of Cthulhu? <laughs> so the problem is Call of Cthulhu has essentially been broken down like nine times now. Mm, I, I guess like you, could, I don't think you could get away with, with releasing anything other than a percentile system for Call of Cthulhu. But I mean, they have Trail of Cthulhu. Oh, that's that's why I said call. But yes, I yes, no, but that's what I mean. Like, mm. Call of Cthulhu has essentially had a load of concurrent reboots. Mm. I mean, even like Lovecraft esque is in theory. 
is Cthulhu Dark is in theory the same mythos. IP. The same mythos. Yeah. Bucket. <laughs> Slosh pot. <laughs> Inverted Lovecraftian hat. Trough. Mm. Um, Spook trough. But with different rules. Yeah. So same stories, different rules. There's no point in Chaosium redoing Call of Cthulhu because no. somebody's already done it for them. They can, just, they can just wait five, six years and do eighth edition or whatever it is. Yeah, like the difference. Oh my God. I was looking at the difference between seventh edition BRP Cthulhu yeah. and sixth edition. Okay. And it, the, the changes fit into a paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it, like you, you could have eroded that shit. Yeah. You could have just changed the next printings of the book. Yeah. And nobody would have noticed. But everyone like I mean you, you you bought it, didn't you? I don't own it. Oh, I thought you I had do it. not own seventh edition Call of Cthulhu. I thought you had a leather bound copy. No, my leather bound copy is the old edition. It's the thirtieth ah. anniversary. I see, of course. Mm. In case in case in case your other two copies of the game spontaneously combusted. It could happen. Could happen. Not out of the question. I'd like to point out though, for for a collector's item such as the thirtieth anniversary edition, it is shit. <laughs> What's wrong with it? Right, first off, it's the standard internals. Right. It's just the cover that's different. I mean, that's what we did with our special edition. No, but what so. they've done is they've taken a wider, thicker cover mm-hmm. and put the normal internals into it. So, oh. the, so the pages, honestly, don't fit properly. Oh. Oh, that's bad. So, like, the the... The opposite of the spine, where all the open pages are, I'm sure there's a word for that when it's yeah. closed. Front. Is f- yeah, no. is flush Hip. with the with the cardboard of the of, oh, of the cover. Dear. Oh, that's gonna get all bumped, isn't it? That's why I never move it. <laughs> so I've never opened the fucking thing. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Could be blank as far as I know. <laughs> it's terrible. Mm. And there's really good specifications like my book Hands of London. Mm. Which is just you, you got a you got a bag with that. I got part a, of a bag. Secret map. I got maps. I got all sorts of stuff. And then Magic not enough coins. people. Not enough people contributed to the ARG, so they had to shut it down. It's is isn't it pronounced ARG? I, 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 I don't want to listen. I'm not trying to nitpick here, but I've never heard it pronounced ARG, and it sounds a bit like something that a cartoon character in stress might say. That's fair. It is yeah. pronounced ARG. Yes, I am very lazy and just call them. Uh, it's, like, it's, it's fine. It's an audio medium. I just wanted to clarify for the for the yeah. reader, listener. The artificial reality game that came along with this book, mm. or augmented reality game, um, artificial. Okay, either way. I don't, oh shit! I don't know. Anyway, no, yeah. I don't know. But that that came along with it was genius, and it was so alternate. It's alternate. Alternate. That's the one. Yeah. And yeah, like over fifty percent of the people who bought it didn't. Contribute there because they're very hard to do, but unfortunately for for the ARG to work, I think most people had to contribute, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And I so. think like a lot of people didn't even open their copies. Oof, because there's only like, oh, because because it's collectors. Yeah, because there's only like two hundred copies of it. Oh, you ever played it or anything? What bookhounds? Yeah, no, nobody ever wants to play with me. I guess you do need to know a lot about books, don't you? Not really. Okay. You can make it up as you go along. It's pretty solid. I, um, but anyway, going back to the question, Greg. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back to the question. Um, I would like to see a modern role-playing reboot of the old Wheel of Time RPG. Um, is that Wheel of Time? Is that... Um, oh, yes, that's like um, Weavers and... Yeah. Casters and that shit. Yes, yes. Because it had a really interesting magic system. 
and mm-hmm. it had a lot of interesting stuff going on, mm-hmm. but was never fully realised because it was it was a time when you did it in D twenty system or it or not at all or not at all. Yeah. So it's a really bitty D twenty system. It, feel, it, with it feels many... like someone using D and D to emulate it. Well, it feels like somebody using the using D and D and then going, "Are oh, you casting a spell? Hang on, I get the mage book." Ah. <laughs> Yeah. And like, and like, the magic is just strapped into a backpack. Mm. Um, I've got a question for you, Chris. Yes. Minotaurs and gorgons. Who is sexier? Will asks this. Uh, Thank you, that... Will, for bringing us back on brand. <laughs> that's that's a difficult question. Well, is it? Yes. I think in a very real way, Will's asking men or women. Who's sexier? I don't think what, so. I think there's certain. La- when was the last time you saw a dude gorgon? That's a fair point. Or a minor lady. Mm. <laughs> that would work. Or a minotaur. There we go. <laughs> that's, that's that's like Waluigi, but for minotaurs. So, like, you've got various hurdles to kind of overcome here. You've got your gorgon, yeah, who you can't look at. No, I mean, but like, but like, how exciting, how erotic. <laughs> Not being able to see them ever. Through erotic, well, well, like through mirrors and shit, you can see them getting bitten by snakes constantly. Uh, often, I don't know. Constantly, <laughs> real trouble with stairs. I think. I think. I mean, she's got arms, and like she's big enough to <laughs> see her crawling upstairs. She's got fucking snake bits down. I, I, I reckon that's fine. I guess, like, also, like the mechanics of lovemaking might be difficult on account of her having a, a cloaca. Yeah. I presume, if it's snake bits. I mean, it's all snake bits down there. Yeah. Um, whereas the Minotaur, it's, um, you've got a bull's head, which I'm not really into. No. You know? Like, bulls... I, I, could, I could maybe find a Gorgon attractive, facially. Yeah. Because they've basically got a human face with some scales on. And, you know, we, like, we, we've all got skin problems, that's fine. Now, the bull, uh, the Minotaur has a big old bull head, and then just it's just a big... Dude? It's just dude. It's just a big, meaty dude. Now, ob- objectively, I suppose, just like trying to look at this as calmly and rationally as possible, you want to look for which has the most human in it. Yes, which is presumably the Minotaur. Which is presumably the Minotaur. Never see a lady Minotaur either. No. Would they have like a like an udder? I guess. <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> I guess not. No, because it's it's not like a, an evolved form. It's not like a like, like a a bull person or a cow person. Yeah, it's just a uh, uh, head on body. Yeah, it's a chimera. It's a it's emerging. Wasn't it? Wasn't it like the 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 white the white bull of something or other sexually assaulted some some, some woman and then she gave birth to my, the minotaur and they were like, oh, stick it in a maze. Yeah. Rather than just weird. give it back to the bull. I. <laughs> I think the bull was magic and walked out of the sea. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I, I mean, that's another great way of solving this minosaur problem, just throwing it back <laughs> in the sea. <laughs> well, it's the sea's problem now. Don't have to think about that for a couple of years. Let's go build a giant horse. Mm-hmm. Is that the right, lads? No. Well, I mean, they're, they're all Greeks, right? Yeah, all Greeks. All Greeks are the same, Grant. All Greeks are the same. Wow, it's, all, it's all Greek, isn't it? <laughs> that was Trojans, Labrys... Was it the Labrys? Or was that an axe, isn't it? Yeah. Crete. It's Crete. That's what the yeah, one it was, right? Cretans, yeah. Yeah, it's all, it's all bloody Greek. 
Anyway, I think if I had to like if I had to go through with it, I think I'd probably rather do it with a minotaur because they have human genitals. <laughs> like if I knew what was going on with the gorgon, Wait, I think I feel better about it. When you say knew what was going on, you mean down there? Like that would help. I think I think I think you the constant again your argument for snake bites and the fact that if you if you look at her in the eyes you turn to stone. Yeah, that's true. That is like it's look it's highly erotic, but maybe it's not useful. No. Like I do kind of like the snexy snexy sexy snake lady look though. That's yeah. Cool. Like it's all right. I like a woman with legs. I I could <laughs> like if I got to pick Good legs, just legs too. Ideally, <laughs> although, although, look, look, I could be argued down to fewer. Yeah, but um, but when you start replacing that with say tracks, or no, wheels, no, hey, hey, now let's talk tracks. <laughs> You've been watching too much of that anime where they're they're half tank. <laughs> I've not been watching enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to replace your legs with? Pogo stick. You fall over all the time. Yeah, but when I when I really got it, <laughs> that's yeah. That's when you, <laughs> when like, I really like, nailed it, when you know, you'd, you'd be a whiz at festivals. Yep, just be great. I saw a guy on a cross between you know those uh, I don't know they call them hoverboards, but those like auto skateboards. Yeah, the ones where you just sort of lean slightly and they go the the stickless segways. Yeah, I saw a lad on on a on a, a monowheel version of those. Okay, you know that so it was this, it was this big white wheel. I think it was glowing. I might just be mis- misremembering that. But he was standing on either side, just hooning it down uh, the main street in Bow, and I was like, I I want to be him. <laughs> he has he has a monocycle, yeah, much better than a unicycle. You know, you can just go out and buy these things, right? Chris, I've never seen one at any stage other than that. I think he was a wizard. <laughs> Google it; you can be a wizard yourself. Mm, I I don't know. Like, I think I I almost want to have it. I, I almost want to deny myself that. <laughs> like, keep like, it special. Yeah, like like denying myself looking directly at my gorgon lover. Yeah. Um, also, weren't they famously ugly? Uh, yeah, that is yeah. a good point. Yeah, whereas, again, I could probably work it round to fancy the Minotaur. Yeah. If, I just, if I just looked at his body, his enormous, <laughs> just, his, his enormous slab of hot man. Just I, the, the old thumb trick. <laughs> <laughs> like, really close to your eye. I mean... I'm saying his enormous slab of hot body. I mean, I'm, I'm imagining him as some sort of like, like, like oiled Hollywood style monitor. They didn't clean him ever. No, they didn't. They didn't raise the boy, and he had the intelligence of a bull, or I suppose a bull man. There's going to be a lot of shitted, like, shitted mats. Go try that one again. There's going to be a lot of matted shit. Yeah, around him, and also don't forget the gore. The gore. There's no shower in there. No. He must. There must have been a source of water. Also eats people. Yeah. yeah. I feel I should point that out. Like primary food stuff, human. I mean, some people are into that. Yes, but I think that this is at least classed on the same thing as snakes for hair. I suppose. I mean, the, well, the gorgons. Everyone kill the gorgons. Kill people, I guess, but they're they're not like actively eating people. I think they mainly. Um, I don't know. I mean, it can't be people because they turn to stone. It's like plants. Panacotta. Panacotta. 
smother fruit corners. Yeah, like they're, they're watching their weight in the in, in the coils. What's it? <laughs> Whatever they can get from Pret a Manger at this time of day. That's true. Yeah, when the staff have been turned to stone. Yeah, which is pretty much everything. They go with the shopping cart and just loot. Uh, <laughs> ask me a question. Uh, Joe Turner asks. At mm-hmm. what point does a project transition from odd instructions for strangers to game? We've always struggled with this. It's a really, really difficult We've point. Really struggled with this. We we have a tipping point mm. that we make ourselves mm-hmm. called the MVG. Minimum viable game. Minimum viable I, game. I think there's is the MVP is, is minimum viable product. Is, yes, is, is where, where I stole it from. Which, as far as I'm concerned, should only stand for most valuable player. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Or most varied Passata. Sorry? <laughs> what? What's the other thing MVP stands for? It's did just you, awards did you, ceremony. Did you, did you swallow a Noel Fielding? What's, <laughs> did I swallow what, a Noel Fielding? What's with all this fucking whimsy you're bringing, most varied Passata? It was the first thing that came to my mind. I'm, I'm very tired. Yeah, alright. I'll let it slide. This time. This time. I... <clears throat> I don't know. It's very difficult. Like this, this is one of the most difficult parts of game design, and the whole process is, I'll be honest with you, really difficult. Yeah. We're approaching a new product at the moment, and we're having to eyeball all the balance, and really, it's very difficult. We don't yeah. know how it works. Like so, when you're at the stage of odd instructions for strangers, yeah, strangers shouldn't see that. No. So I- the point at the point at which it becomes game is when you show it to people. Well. Hmm. So there's like I've definitely released playtest versions of stuff. And yes, like, but at that point, I, I I would argue that it's a game. It's a non-functional game, or it's a broken game. I su- yeah, I, I I suppose it isn't like it isn't like a complete thing where it's like, hey, this is what role playing is. It's Hi. early access. Hi, you need dice to play this game. Hi, one of you's going to be a games master. None mm. of that. It's just like uh, it's d6 to hit. His roll rules under go your nuts. roll under your accuracy. Mm-hmm. I, I've, 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 I'm, I'm interested in getting more into um, playtesting. I'm interested in doing more of it because we tend to run closed playtests, you and I, yeah, because uh, we can't handle feedback. We get, <laughs> we, we get very upset when people don't like our things. We don't get very upset. I get very upset. You and get you, very upset, and, and I... you get very upset. I don't get very upset. You were inconsolable last time you read a bad review. I remember. I was weeping on the bus. Couldn't get you down from the roof for a week. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's but not, like one maybe of I the, swallowed an old fielding. One of the one of the big problems with sending out playtest stuff mm. is that it's like trying to get across tone in a text message. It is, qu- yeah, it is quite strange. Like um, the the whole idea of you should like you you should release a final product. Mm. And if you're not releasing a final product, you have to like. So just imagine it's covered in really nice art, and we've written the fluff properly. Yeah, and that's really hard to do, especially yeah. when certain bits of the playtest document might have brackets around them, and that mm. says Chris question mark question mark. <laughs> Chris, can you write a rule in here? Uh, <laughs> that's that's really hard to get people to work. Yeah. So like when I was um, one of the one of the first games I designed actually um, is back before before I moved to Australia. It'd be two thousand and eleven, I think. It's called Primetime Murder Justice. Strong, strong name. 
Um, it's like the sort the sort of name I come up with before you were my co-author on things. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, didn't have you to stop me doing that in reality. But the uh, the 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 the, uh, the idea behind Primetime Murder Justice it's kind of a cyberpunk televised violence game. It's a bit of fun. It was it was a bit slow. We, we it had some nice ideas. We it had was a great concept. It was genuinely yeah. an entertaining concept. Yeah, but it was unfortunately um, it took two and a half hours to play, and the fictional TV show it was based on was twenty five minutes long. Mm-hmm. So you know, but when I was doing that, after I got the rough idea for everything. I did drawings for all of the all the classes, and I did I did drawings for the weapons. I did drawings for the terrain maps, uh, which we, which we put down. It was, it was a board game, and like I'm not hugely interested in doing board games anymore because I don't know how to do it. It also would involve me playing more board games. I ain't going to do that. What's wrong with board games? Oh, there's just so many rules. You can't and you can't just make it up. No, that is true. We played we played a uh, Fog of Love last week. Good. While we're on the tabletop gaming, I, yeah, I didn't, ex- I didn't expect it to be that complicated. It's fairly complicated. Yeah, it's a good and spectator board game. Yeah, I think, I think, like once to once, once the players understand what, what the Jeff is going on, I'm sure it's brilliant. Mm. I, ha- I had some issues, but I'm interested. I'm interested in, in, in having another go and trying to learn and expand and kind of get into the back and forth. It's, it's a fascinating concept uh, for the for the uninitiated. Uh, Fog of Love is a uh, Polish. Okay, it's from Eastern Europe, I think. Sure, um, it's 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 a new board game, um, and it's it simulates a romantic comedy. Uh, in in and it's for two players, and it's there's kind of there, there's win there, there's win and lose objectives for each player, but it's mainly about telling a story with one another. Yeah, and it's, it's a really it's, nicely made thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's beautifully produced. Anyway. Um, when I and on the subject of it being a very nicely made thing, that's such a huge deal. So mm. when you like when when we sat down to play Primetime Mode of Justice, we had the cards with the drawings on. We had the little monster tokens with little drawings of mutants and you know gangers and what have you. Um, I had cards that I got printed off on uh, on on cardstock and had them all sort of you know not not nicely designed because I did it, but as, as, as good as I could. <laughs> and from that, it just made it made interacting with the game much more satisfying. Yeah. And I think that if you if you're just using tokens, that's actually your your physical experience of going into the game. You can't just you shouldn't separate out the mechanics from that entirely because the components of the game are crucial. It's the difference from playing, uh, let's say, playing chess on a very nice set with uh, beautiful uh, mahogany pieces, um, as opposed to. A bit of graph paper, and then with drawings of chess pieces, I'd torn up other bit of graph paper. Or even worse, travel chess, where you got the little pegs you put into the sockets. Oh, I hate not, that. It's, it's, what's, what's wrong with that? That's terrible. You're I'm in a kinda, car for for the start. I'm kind of glad that we've moved past travel chess as a culture. Yeah. Tra- I mean, tra- travel Scrabble, travel Connect Four. That's just Connect Four, right? Travel Buckaroo. That you can't play travel buckaroo. No, you can't. It's very difficult. It's not. It's not doable. No, that's what I'm saying. It's very difficult. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was also interested in travel forty k. <laughs> just one dude. Well, you could just move, just move him around the car. Now you'd get you'd get like a um, maybe like a twelve inch by twelve inch grid, and you'd get individual epic models and move them around and have little shooting <laughs> matches. I think that'd be very cute. Fundamentally useless. Yes. 
So let, let's go. Let's go back to the question. Let's, let's I've forgotten re- what it was. Let's rezone in on that. What was the question? At what point oh, does yeah. a project transition from odd instructions for strangers to game? When does it become a game? I'm going to say when you have a functional system mm-hmm. at the core of it. Yep. Um, you have enough options to have uh, player choice, both in terms of the makeup of their character and in terms of their like in terms of their actions in the game. Yep. Um, and they have a broad understanding of the setting. Yes, you don't. A, crucially, you don't need it to work. It doesn't need to function, and a lot of games I've played haven't functioned. A lot of published games I've played haven't functioned. There was one I played. There was one I signed up for playtest called. I think it was called something. It was like AJ something is exploding aces. Okay. And it was so cold because it was a D6 pool based game, and you re rolled ones. <laughs> okay. So imagine how imagine how often you'd you'd, uh, you'd roll a one on a D6. Well, one in six. Yes, that's correct, Chris. And so you're throwing handfuls of ten dice and re rolling ones infinitely. Oh. it's a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't sound fantastic. Um, but I played that many years ago. I say I played that. I downloaded it um, for playtest, and I said, "I'm not going to play this. Here's why." <laughs> and, t- and tore it to shreds on the forums, and I was not warmly received. No, I can imagine. Well, I mean, it's fair. I was very rude about the Four Fellows game. Yeah, but some people you should have been maybe... more constructive. Yes, I was. I was. I was, I was like, "Hey, just stop. No. This isn't for you." But yeah, it becomes a game. Mm. When you when you say it does, in all honesty, that's the other thing. Is this is kind of a gatekeepy question? Yeah, um, and I don't think that's what um, Joe was intending. In terms, it's like it's it's more like when, when would we consider this a game? Yeah, um, but there is there is difficult ground around saying what's a game and what isn't a game. And honestly, it's just probably easier just to say everything's a game. Yeah, you're not you're not going to lose much. I mean, shit. If um, if if Diana Jones could nominate the concept of actual play recordings, <laughs> yes, for an for for, for an award, then I, why the why the fuck not? Eh? I I do agree that actual play recordings have done a lot for the hobby, etc. Oh yeah, yeah. But who'd you give the trophy to? Who who are you going to give that to? You're going to call up Griffin McElroy, haven't turn up. <laughs> have him and Matt Mercer just have a fight. Just have, oh man, Matt would destroy him. He would just crush him. <laughs> Griffin's such a nice, soft boy, and Matt Mercer wears a leather waistcoat. And he would just shut his head in a fridge over and over. <laughs> It'd be like the end of Lockstock. <laughs> Poor Griffin. Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, it's I. It, it's difficult. It, it's difficult to know when. Um, but generally. Um, at some stage in the pro- in, in a in a project, I will write rough as shit playtest edition. Do not distribute on the top. Yep. And that's when other people start seeing it. And that, at that point, I think it's getting game flavored. You don't need all your classes. You don't need all your spells. Mm. You need enough for what you have to function. That's why we generally go with pregens mm. because then we can give them abilities without having finished all of the abilities. I really like pregens. I've I've grown into pregens. I'm really into them. Mm. I think I think I think I prefer them to non pregens in that in that they fit with the thing. Yeah, and also it's like if I make a character, it's going to be one of three characters. Yeah. Whereas if I'm given a character, I could be anything. Precisely. I mean, I'm, I think I've, I've got one of. I've got one of one character. Yep. Yep. Just one. Nice. Then violent. 
That's the, that's the character I have. It's your character. Yeah. Um, I've got a question for you. Oh, please ask. Unetoronef asks... Unetoronef. Unetoronef, yeah. Unetoronef asks... Secret door mechanisms? Hinges? I think they mean, like, triggering. Oh, okay, I was about to say, Ra- like... <laughs> rather than, like, like it, it slides alongside... Rather than joinery. Yeah, it's not really secret either if it's a hinge, is it? I guess mm. if it was very well hidden. Yeah, that's fair. Like, a pole in the middle of a fireplace that spins around. Yeah, that... But then you've got to have your hazard tape around the... Around the fire. I... Hmm. Health and safety. I mean, that, that's, that's difficult in itself, in that you're lighting a fire in the middle of the doorway. That is true. Well, they have to be a fake fire, just like those, you know, those blowers that blow uh, fabric. <laughs> be one of those. Is this is this fire not real? No, it's a real fire. You're ill. <laughs> Your brain and eyes are sick. You have a disease. Get checked. <laughs> Go next door for a few seconds. I have to disappear. <laughs> um, I would be interested. <laughs> Grinding of gears and stone on stone as the rest of the fireplace turns. Yawning. (laughs) I'd like to put one, like, there's there's all the old standards, right? You've got in a bust of a person, in a torch, in a book, presumably one entitled How to Find Secret Doors. I would like it to be in How to Hide Secret Doors really well. Okay, that is is a lot of fun. You never see them in dogs, do you? No, because dogs are generally alive and move. Yeah. Not a mechanism for a door. They're not door handles, Grunt. And there's the rub. There's the dead dog. I don't know. Yeah. Um, All right, where would you you put one then, genius? In the ceiling, because I mean, I can reach it. Big red button. (laughs) That's <laughs> not secret. <laughs> I, I suppose if hide in plain sight. Ah, uh, you know what? Well, just put it in an entirely different room from the from the secret door. <laughs> you gotta run. <laughs> you push it and you start hearing a, a loud clicking noise, like an Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Like like far too many secret doors. You you pull a lever. Like 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 it's always someone stumbling across it. Yes. Or like it must be along here, haha, and they pull it rather than like, oh, this book's attached to the to, attached to the bookshelf. That's weird. And then like, there's just there's just a, a trapdoor opening and closing as they try to pull it off the shelf. The trapdoor's several floors away. <laughs> That's a secret door. Yep. Although not really useful. A wall with thirty-seven buttons on them marked secret door. Mm. Are any of them secret doors? One. The rest uh. kill you. <laughs> And there's a sign that says that explicitly. <laughs> it's a very long sign. Yeah. A, br- a brass embossed plaque. I think that would work. That is, that is, I mean, that is kind of charming, actually, because, like, the, the people the people who live in the dungeon know which button it is to push. Yeah. And so, and so you simply have 37, but, like, rather than, like, one in six or what have you. Okay. Just roll a 37-sided dice and see if they die. I don't have one of those. I don't play enough Dungeon Crawl Classics. You picked up Dungeon Crawl Classics, didn't you? I did. That's a strange thing. I'm a big fan. That's a monumentally large book. Yeah, I bought. I, I've recently purchased several books in the OSR movement. Yeah, you seem to be sort of veering into that. I don't particularly want to play them for any length of time. 
Right. I want to do the character funnel for Dungeon Crawl Classics as a one-off. Which is which is for the uninitiated. You generate four zero-level characters. Oh, sorry, you don't generate them. There are there are uh, uh, what's the word? Scratch card character sheets yeah. you get versions where you can simply scratch away your characters' abilities and ch- checks as and when they come up, and so you get four of those, and maybe one of them survives, and that becomes your character. Yeah, which, it's I, which I find endlessly charming. But yeah, why why are you getting to SR so much? Uh, I'm really interested in their rules at present. Okay. So. We we do story games. Mm-hmm. We do narrative games at the heart of it. Yeah. But there's something of the board game about mm. OSR. Yeah. And about rules showing theme perfectly. Mm. Like Torchbearer's Conditions um, and the Grind, as they refer to it. What are the Grind? What, what are Conditions and the Grind? So Conditions are your hit points. Okay. Your first condition will be hungry and tired. Oh, I see. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and it goes all the way to death, and you can kind of skip about and do all sorts of things and take multiple conditions at once. Mm. But all the time that you spend in a dungeon, every four encounters, or no, four turns, Whoa. you shift down this this track. Okay, and that's the grind. And that's the grind. So you have to have rations to push you back up one. Mm. That, that's, is that... Is that... You know, it's an interesting idea. I'm not sure how great it would be in practice, but it's no, an interesting concept. No, but it's concept. rules reinforcing theme. Yes, very much so. Um, I, I honestly don't care if it works. Yeah, because because you've got what you need out of it. Yeah, and yeah. it's such a beautiful thing to see so clearly. Like, I mean, I'm not going to play Torchbearer. It's Burning Wheel. <laughs> but I can pull the interesting stuff out of that. The lads, uh, the lads on the stall at, um, at UKGE were talking about how in Torchbearer this guy had a character with strength too and he couldn't kill people with a knife. Right. He could just bother them. <laughs> anybody could kill anybody else with a knife. And, it, and, and, and I think something like, like the bow took um, six actions to fire. Oh my god. Because you had to draw an arrow, knock the arrow, pull back the bow, aim the bow and release... Uh, yeah, I'm not even looking at that. I'm not. I'm, not I'm really looking at the stylistic things and like yeah. the really interesting way that um, DCC does spells. Interesting in is one way to describe it. Yeah, complicated is another. Mm. But you roll a casting check, mm. and if you get a certain number, it fails. But the the higher you succeed, mm. the more your spell can do. Yeah, and so mundane. So I, I, as you level up in power, you're getting. Yeah, but there's also this random chance of a huge power boost that you weren't expecting. Mm. Like, if you're expecting a fireball of 10 feet and you've very carefully placed it, and suddenly your power <laughs> spikes and it's 60 feet, everybody in the room is now on fire. Yeah, and probably dead. And probably dead, to be honest yeah. with you. But mm. that's, that's really interesting. And they, they do lots of interesting stuff to reinforce their theme. Mm. And unfortunately, their theme is OSR. Right. But it's that interaction of rules and story that I find super interesting. And that mm. often OSR games do better than story games mm. because they're so focused on their rules. Yeah, for sure. And also, they're very focused on the rules. There's, you don't need to... There's very little playing pretend. Yes. In OSR. Um, like it's, it's accepted that, that you've got a challenge set ahead of you. There's, there's this dungeon, and the dungeon is going to be big and dark and difficult, and the gym is going to have wicked and devious traps, and you must best them with, your, with both in and out of character knowledge. 
mm. and being and you know and and and, and, try, and trying to play smart. And so there's there's less of a fear around. Oh, I have to I have to make up a family I care about, or like I I have to pretend I'm emotionally invested in this, and I'm worried I'll do it wrong. Although I will say something, I don't think I've ever seen anyone playing OSR. It I does think, happen. Like this, it's well, quite a large market. Well, yeah, no, 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 no. It's, I'm not saying people don't buy it. I've got OSR shit. I just think it might be a big thought experiment for people who like Dungeons and Dragons. When we were at um, UK Games Expo, mm-hmm. there were several people walking around with Dungeon Crawl Classic Judge T-shirts. Judge. Yeah, that's the name of the dungeon master. Ah, right. Okay. Well, I mean, anyone could buy those shirts. I could buy one. Yeah, but they they were there for the DCC tournament. Tournament. Yeah, the character funnel. Okay, so DCC tournaments. What? Oh my God, Grant! So what happens you do, there? You get your four characters, right? And the dungeon ahead of you is a fucking nightmare, right? It is hell on earth. Mm-hmm. Lose your four characters. Get up. Somebody else sit sit down. Last so, person at the table wins. So, so like, so like, you don't swap out, as it were. Like, like you've got you've got six of you. There, you've got there's, you can, there's six people on the table, each with four yeah. characters. Lose right. all your and four characters. Fuck off. Fuck off. Get off my table. Right. New person sits down. Oh, I see. So, 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 so you rotate in. Yeah. And the last person. So, like, so, like, there's there's a huge advantage to coming in late. One would presume. But you're you're like all the people are randomised. I assume. Oh, so so you, mean, you get people twenty people signed up for it. Randomise right. their names, see who sits down first. Like a Royal Rumble in wrestling. Right, okay. You know who's going to be there. It's not just one girl going, oh, can I play? Yeah, I see. Okay. It's that, that, that's, that's very far away from what I do for fun. I don't know. That sounds like a, like a wheeze. It, do you, Chris, do you remember we took part in that Eternal Dungeon? Yes. In that Mega Dungeon. We were we. I, I thought I'd, I thought I'd signed us up to play a um, either game where we fought against or were Nazis. Yeah. When we were in Sydney, and accidentally I signed us up for a mega dungeon, mm-hmm. and it was one of the worst experiences I've ever had in my role playing life. <laughs> Eventually, to um, to to try and make things more interesting, I said because there was no race written on written on the uh, badly written paladin I, I'd been given. I wrote in B. <laughs> I, was, I was just a bee with a big axe, but that was that was what I did for fun. And these tournaments, they're officially run and managed. Sure, they're fairly quick. Yeah, I suppose that you're not I mean, there for a day. That lad took twenty minutes to cast a single spell, and yeah, and if you don't give a shit, you can just throw your people in to save somebody at the table that you kind of like. That's true. Yeah. So, so it becomes a political game. Yeah, and that's super interesting. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, sacrifice sure. one of your characters for me now, and I'll sacrifice one of your character, my characters for you next time. Uh-huh. Oh, did I not sacrifice my character? My oh, bad. Very, very House of Cards. Mm. And that's that. interesting. Mm. Yeah, okay, yeah. I think it. I think there's a lot to be taken from OSR, if not entertainment value. Mm. Yeah, I think I think it's 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 more it's for me. It remains mainly a fun thought experiment. Yeah, I've run, I, I've, I've, I don't I've run think I'm going to be hack. playing a whole bunch of it. No. So that was Secret Door Mechanisms. Thanks for writing in. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, no. Um, Turnif. Do you want to just drop one of those questions on me? Sure. Mm. Now, this is from mm-hmm. a mysterious and exotic stranger who crooks a finger, drawing you close to whisper in your ear. That's, that's an unusual 
It's a very long birth name. Yeah. What would you look to for inspiration for a cyberpunk setting that gets away from the rote and predictable Blade Runner aesthetic? Now, I know for a fact that you've been watching a lot of programmes about um, South Africa. I have. You're interested in the gang wars and um, corporate security of South Africa. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So in in Johannesburg and the area around that in South Africa, Mm -hmm. you've got a lot of uh, slums and very, very dangerous areas. Mm -hmm. And essentially, the police can't be trusted. They're idiots and there's not enough of them. Mm. So people rely on private military companies um, Mm. and security companies and they pay... Essentially, protection money. Yeah. Um, and these people who are armed to the teeth will come and solve any problems you've got. Mm. Um, but the interesting thing is, there's no real oversight. Mm. So you've got these these criminal havens, because what else are you going to do? These people are destitute. This is places like, a place called Deep Sloot. Yeah. Um, just going around throwing their weight about and, you know, setting fire to people. That's a thing. Yeah, that's that's like the most popular that's like the most popular means of execution, right? Yeah, so that so that you leave a message behind. You gotta be really sure mm. of what you're doing. Like, I um I I I if I'm cross even if I'm crossing on a green light, I'll look both ways. Exactly. Because I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't want to. Like, I'm not worried about getting run over because I can't hear any cars. Probably going to be fine. But I don't want to. I, I don't want to upset anyone. I don't want to cause a fuss. Yeah. Whereas these guys are like, I'm going to set someone on fire until they die, and yes. that's the right thing to be doing. And you've got these um, areas right next to, you, like, literally separated by a road from some of the richest places in Johannesburg. Mm. And it's. It's so cyberpunk, it's crazy. Like, I showed you yeah. a picture today of... Mm. There's a canal, the Makoko Canal, I believe it's called. Yeah. Um, and there's people, like, on those... I want to say gondolas, with the sticks uh, that you push yourself down a river on. Yeah. They're that like kind that. of yeah. raft. I'm sure there's an African word for it, and, yeah. And next to it, there's just this tower block that's completely Skiffs. gone to ruin. Skiffs? Skiffs? Yeah. There's a tower block that's completely gone to ruin, half falling mm. down with people living in it. Mm-hmm. And there's just this weird dichotomy between money and no money. Yeah, and that's and the that's, that's violence the and safety is is literally based on money. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's that's true of many places. Yes, but it's but it's, it's certainly apparent. Stark. Yeah, in this area, I and so that's a really interesting look at cyberpunk and, and sort of the the rise of corporations. Mm. I would be interested in small town cyberpunk. Okay. So the uh, so like the the, the the iconic cyberpunk you think of is oh it's, it's Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's well there's, there's Blade Runner and there's um, Neuromancer. Yeah, would be the two biggest things that come. And th- these are all about fairly fairly large conspiracies. Yeah. And fairly fairly large actions coming like coming to fruition. But the uh, the uh, one of the things I liked about Snow Crash, aside from the fact that uh, a quarter of the book was just the Wikipedia entry for um, Babylon, <laughs> the just delivered straight. The um, I really liked the fact that it focused like it had a lot of stuff on the um, the the regional distribution of mafia franchises, <laughs> and the fact that like uh, one of the characters was a guard dog. He, he was. He, they were, basically, I think it was like a. Ro- it was like a dog intelligence implanted in a jet-powered robot. 
so like the the application of um, the of cyberpunk ideals to strip malls, to small towns, to um, to suburbia. Yeah. Not not the sprawl of Night City or the the stray light villa or the uh, the the massive uh, runs which Case did or Johnny Mnemonic's attempt to, def- to defraud an entire Zaibatsu. Mm. But just how is how is it affecting people? Like and how are the people who aren't on the cutting edge of this technology, but for but for who this is becoming the new normal? I suppose something more along the lines of have you read Spares? No. No, oh, okay. I, I did recently have a conversation about it with your wife. But... Okay, um, then you know what? Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the... When you when you first started talking about this, I, I actually thought you meant what about people outside of the city entirely, like out, outside of the cyberpunkery. Okay, like, like farmers. I guess they still have some sort of cyber, like like some sort of control. But like like I guess in a in a true cyberpunk universe, they'd they'd be owned by corporations. They'd, yeah, but they'd be robot farmers it. with digital cows. <laughs> yeah, but like, I'm sure there'll still be the odd family farm here and there. Drinking like that would be really interesting to see. Mm, and like having that, I guess there's, there's, there's something in that in the Tales from the Loop. Tales from the Loop, and like the first ten minutes of any Superman film. Any Superman film. Yeah, where they're just looking at Clark Kent's parents. And it suddenly goes to shit because suddenly, oh, Kal El's here. Oh, now we can run run trains. Chris, I've never seen a Superman film. That is for the best. I've never really been drawn in because it's Superman. It's crap. Well, well, look, he's he he. From what I can tell, culturally, he had he he had a job to perform, and that's okay. Yeah, and I got issues with Superman. Yeah, well, he's not hugely exciting. No, but yeah, that he- kind of pastoral life. Mm, on the is outside, that, is that, I mean, how would you how do you wrap cyberpunk into that? Well, it's the fact that it's it's encroaching, and so like you've got some you've got some drifter turning up with just a big metal head. Yeah, and you've got that that kind of subtle influence where like you've got um, mechs and bioroids looking mm. for work. Uh, actually, um, I like that. I like the idea of uh, pastoral. Let's go deep south. Yeah, or like or like 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 the middle of but fuck nowhere, Texas. Yes. Oh, and you've got these like dust bowl itinerant mechs. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. And um, uh, Mexican or or orgs coming up looking for work. Yeah, or even I mean, like imagine Case. Yeah. Like when he's doing the when he's doing a run, they they burn him. He can't yeah. hack anymore. Yes. What's what's gonna what's gonna happen? Mm. And like his story outside of that world. Yeah, where he where he's just uh, the the was it was it the the the, uh, the master of the slightly crooked deal? Yeah, yeah. like he's still a hustler, but he can't do what he loves and can't mm. do what he's the best in the world at. Mm. That sounded like you wanted to say something. Oh no, I lost it. It's gone. That's all right. It's gone entirely. It's gone. My my energy levels are draining. That's fine. With I'm that, so sorry. Should we, we wrap it up? It. Let's 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 call a close to this rambling episode. Goodbye episode. Man, it's... It's just too warm. It is too warm. It's too warm to think about games. I've been thinking. God, maybe, no. maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe we should mix up the outro. Because whenever whenever it gets to an outro in a podcast, I always just completely zone out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and it's just like, they ask for money, they tell you how to get in touch, they say goodbye, we tell them that we love them. Um, you know, they have, they have a last little joke and then they go... 
How can we fuck with that floor where they keep people on their toes? Yelling? You you know, you can do what you want. I mean, we, we've got a website. We've got a Patreon. But, you know, do what you want. Do whatever. Yeah, I mean, so listen, if you were, theoretically, if you were interested, you could go to patreon.com forward slash friends. Now, I wouldn't, because I think that's fraud. But you could, and, like, if you want to, give us some money, I guess. It's like a thing you could do. Yeah. I'm not going to force you. I think I'm not sure we've this got, is mixing twi- it up. I, I think this is. I think this is making it less interesting. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. How about how about we double down? Give us a pound. Get a lion. <laughs> we promise a lion to every subscriber. Are <laughs> you dice friends? The Give lion, me a lion. The li- great big lion will be delivered to your door when you sponsor least a lion. It. Are they sponsoring? Do they get the lion? No, we just put Hearty Dice advertising on a lion. We've just sprayed Hearty Dice friends on a lion. At a I'm going to break into a zoo. How about how about we do we do a really high energy, really quick outro? <laughs> a l- lower on both. Boy. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. I'm I'm, I'm going to try and do it without any sort of shame. Uh. I've just shat myself, and that's brilliant. However, if you... No, okay, I was hoping you might, you might get into that. I've just shat Grant. Because <laughs> we fucking t- I'm so tired. I know. I can't feel my hands. Thank you so much for listening to Hardy Dice Friends episode 65. If you like it, you can go to Patreon and give us some money. You go to patreon.com forward slash Hearty Dice Friends and give us some cash. That'd be brilliant. You can also go to Twitter and follow us at HDF Podcast or send us an email to heartydicefriends at gmail.com. That is how you can get in touch with us and or give us money. Please do all of these things simultaneously. We love you. That was pretty fast, wasn't it? That was very fast. Thank you. I hope they heard that. Yep. And also, thanks. Yeah, thank you. What, me? Yeah. What no, to me? Just, just generally, just anybody on the other side of this microphone, I'm genuinely thankful. It's great. <laughs> what are you doing right now? Thanks for doing that. Thanks, man. Cheers. I was yeah. doing what I could. Keep doing you, buddy. I'm going to do me. We love you very much. This has, this has been an interesting episode. It's been a long and hot episode. I'm too hot. You're so hot. I love you. Oh, I love you too. And, oh, I love you. And um, we, we together, have focused that love uh, like like some sort of war diamond that an elf might make. And for firing that laser focused love we had for each other directly at you, we've uh, we've prepared a very cool chaise long for you to sit on and brunch. And brunch. We have a brunch. Mainly, it's 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 entirely made of food that you can drape above your mouth and eat off. Sausages. Sausages in strings, grapes, uh, cheese strings, um, bags of oranges. P- p- that's that's not going to work. Pizza, soup. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's legally possible. You could just pour soup in your fucking food. Eggs Benedict. <laughs> Jam. We're going to go before you make a horrid mess of yourself. But you just keep eating. You enjoy you. Yeah, you go you, you you go hog wild and we love you and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>